I feel like before all of this happened, I was on a boat with everyone in the world, just getting on with my life, doing whatever it is that normal people do. And at some point, I ended up on a smaller, really horrible boat, and that boat started to drift further and further away from everyone else. And only when I was really far away from the rest of the people on the big boat that I realised, oh, oh shit, like I'm not with everyone else. Welcome to Do You Mind, a podcast exploring mental health from the perspective of scientists and people with lived experience. I'm Joe Barnby, and today I was joined by Christina, a woman who's experiencing anxiety, depression, and depersonalization and derealization as we talk about some of the experiences she's been having recently. So, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much for uh, being a guest on my podcast. No worries. So, I guess, I guess my, my first question, uh, in your own words, could you kind of explain your experience or your experiences to someone who might not have? gone through something mm-hmm. that, you, that you've gone through? Okay, so um, for me it was a really sudden shift in my mindset and how I felt. So um, I've had panic attacks like a few times in my life and they haven't really bothered me, but around a time of really intense stress at work, they became more frequent mm. and I started to, I kind of ignored them and started to go out and party and drink and do all the kinds of things you're not supposed to do when you're panicking all the time, thinking that that would help, and it quite clearly didn't. Um, But it was all kind of manageable. Like, I felt like it was manageable, and I didn't need to see anyone about it. And then um, I went on holiday to Cornwall, and I was just having the best time ever on the beach. Everything was great, nothing was wrong. And we went back to the place we were staying, and I sat down and I started to shake uncontrollably, almost like I was having a fit. That's like how it felt, or something was wrong with my brain. That's what was going on. And everything, this is probably one of my first experiences with depersonalization, derealization. I've had it before, but very brief. This was more like everything feels really weird and uncomfortable. Nothing feels the same, even though like this is a familiar surrounding. Everything feels really scary, and I don't know why I'm scared. I'm so scared I'm going to die. This was the thought process. I can speak to you quite calmly now, right. but at the time I wasn't able to articulate a lot of that, um, and my boyfriend was there. Um, he, he looked at me, and he realised something was wrong, and he also thought that I was having a seizure or a fit, or I don't know, because I couldn't sit still, I was shaking uncontrollably, I couldn't articulate what I wanted to say was wrong, he tried to give me a hug and I was like, you can't hug me right now, I can't be near people, I just need to be in the air, and then he pulled, he ran me a bath and I couldn't sit in the bath because I was too, I was freaking out too much, that lasted about an hour, Right. and that was the most intense panic attack I've had, and from there it kind of spiralled downwards pretty quickly. Um, I was meant to go back to work. I couldn't because I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't speak a lot of the time, which was probably the worst part because when you feel really bad, you want to explain yourself to people. I mean, if you can't articulate yourself, you feel really stuck inside your head. And mm. uh, Especially, I mean, <clears throat> depersonalization for me was simply... Um, 
sorry, depersonalization is to the person and derealization is the environment. So the environment looked like I was watching a TV show of my life. Like I wasn't really there. Everyone was walking around doing their own thing and acting really normal. And I felt like none of it was real. Like I was just watching my life pass by. And then I would look at my hands and they wouldn't feel like my hands. And I couldn't feel, it was almost like I was a floating head. Okay. Like, I couldn't really feel my body very much. I felt like I was just a pair of eyes floating, and everything was kind of 2D. I remember I woke up one morning when I was at my worst, and I looked around, and everything looked like a cartoon, almost. Like, everything was quite outlined and blocky, and I Googled it, and I was like, why does everything look cartoony like I didn't understand? And then I went to my doctor. I was like, I think... Well, I went to A&E about... 10 times during this period because I also had digestive issues right. and I didn't know what was going on and one doctor was really great um, he pinpointed it on health anxiety because I did have really bad health anxiety as well I thought I had Parkinson's motor neuron disease um, stomach cancer intestinal cancer these are all things that sound ridiculous I thought I had something wrong with my reproductive system I had every test done and there was this one doctor I remember in A&E who was really young and he was like are you under a lot of stress right now and I was like yeah and he was like okay I'm gonna assure you now you don't have any neurological issues whatever you're saying is not a symptom of a neurological problem mm. I think the best thing that you need to do is see your GP about um potentially getting therapy um, because it seems more like something psychological than physical. So then I started to go to... I went to my GP. Um, I also experienced intrusive thoughts during that time, which were really scary. Um, like, really, really bad images of me, like, stabbing or hurting the people I love mm -hmm. without any need or reason. It's not that I wanted them, and mm -hmm. they would pop up really vividly in my mind, like, throughout the day. And I thought I was going crazy, pretty much. I mean, I, the definition of crazy is different for different people. I understand that. But my idea was that what was going to happen is suddenly something would snap and I would go into a different consciousness, be unable to function, hallucinate, etc. And these were, like, my biggest fears. Uh, I don't know if that answers the question. No, it uh, absolutely answers the question. Um, thank you for being so honest about it all. Yeah. Um, I guess I kind of had a question about, did all of these things change over time? So did it kind of start off as that physical feeling of, of, of being worried about your body mm. and then move on to intrusive thoughts? Or were they all kind of happening simultaneously? So after the panic attack, the major panic attack I explained to you, I think what started to happen was health anxiety first. Mm. And then loads of visits to hospital, like every single day. And I think after all of about maybe a two-week period of really bad health anxiety, that started to go down and the intrusive thoughts started to come up instead. And then alongside the intrusive thoughts, depersonalization, derealization, because I felt really out of control of how I was thinking and why these thoughts were coming into my head. Uh, it was really scary. Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, I, I was really honest. My boyfriend and I have been together a really long time. Um, I told him all of my symptoms, and he was super reassuring, really comforting. Wasn't freaked out by the fact that I said I was worried I was going to stab him because he knew I wasn't capable of doing that. Um, but my first visit to the therapy, 
I was in tears about, like, I think I'm going to hurt my boyfriend. I'm really scared because these thoughts keep coming up and I don't know why. And she sort of soothed me and made me feel more comfortable about it. But, yeah, they all kind of, I don't know, domino affected into each other, I guess. Sure. And then, yeah, depression and emptiness is also another thing that I'm still struggling with now. Panic attacks, intrusive thoughts, health anxiety are all gone. But, like, a sense that I can't feel my emotions. Um, mm. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm describing it right, but you know when you feel really excited about something, you get that feeling in your stomach, or when you're scared, or when you're looking forward to something. Mm. Um, that's not there. Like, it's all rationalised in my head, so I know that I do enjoy those things, and I am still the same person. But I don't experience feelings in that way. I only feel, like, really down and negative a lot of the time. Mm. So I'm still depressed. Mm -hmm. But functional. Like, I still do everything that a normal person does. And I seem quite... I think I seem quite level-headed when people meet me. People wouldn't know that I'm suffering from depression. But I went the route of not taking medication with that. So it's taking maybe longer to heal. But I read a lot about how antidepressants can worsen depersonalization, derealization, and I don't want anything to worsen that those symptoms. What have you been trying out to kind of help yourself suffer less, I guess? Yeah, there's a lot of things I did. Um, I did therapy through NHS, which was sort of helpful. Um, I did yoga practice every day mm. at my worst. I wasn't able to work, but I would force myself out of the house to do yoga practice. I mean, I wouldn't speak to anyone. It wouldn't be an enjoyable experience as it would be for someone who was healthy, but it was more um, for me to feel like I was doing something to make myself feel better. It was mm. just the process of going to yoga and settling into my body and making me feel more like I was in my body and not so much in my head. Um, meditation, um, I meditate every day, mm. every morning, 10 minutes at mm. least. Um, I try to limit social media and the use of my phone. I go to Buddhist practice sometimes, um, so many things. Um, I read about neurogenesis, mm -hmm. but a lot about neurogenesis is the forming of new brain cells in adults maybe that's not right but that's how I understood it and so I eat blueberries every day I take omega-3 every day and meditation helps as well and getting good sleep so I try to make sure I do all of those things and that has helped to make the symptoms more controllable and yeah like most of the worst of it is gone now just kind of felt like I was trapped in my body trapped in my head and unable to really function. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped cloud and fell eight miles high I tore my mind on a jagged sky I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in yeah yeah oh yeah what condition my condition was in do you, do you kind of think that 
the way that you view yourself then in light of um, your experiences has changed and your view of others? Hugely. So before, I mean, I might have explained earlier that I've gone through depression a couple of times in my life, Mm -hmm. uh, less severe than the spell that I've been in recently. Um, But that didn't really change my perspective on life. Like, I went through the phase of depression and I was the same person coming out of it. Mm. This time, um, I was, especially because of the social anxiety, it actually afforded me a benefit that I didn't have because I was always wanting to talk and always wanting to put my point across. But if you have social anxiety, sometimes you can't because you're so scared that you might say something wrong. So what I would do is I'd watch people, and especially if you're stuck in yourself, you watch people a lot because you don't really want to focus on yourself. And I started to understand people more, appreciate people more, be more open to other people's experiences, give people time to speak like it sounds like a really simple thing but I was always eager to jump into a conversation and now I give people tons of space to speak um I don't get embarrassed very easily I talk about all the embarrassing things that I do pretty frequently and people tend to respond by finding it really funny and endearing so I don't feel really uncomfortable talking about my embarrassing experiences like I fall over I have underwear situations I'm like a normal <laughs> I'm like a normal girl with really really embarrassing things that happen to her and I'm quite awkward physically sometimes so it does sometimes yeah oh um but going back to what you said about what I did to help myself I left the job I was in yeah um which was very intense at least 70 hours a week um, started to do um, study. Um, so pretty much becoming a more rounded person, not focusing all your attention on one area of your life, which is what I was doing, mm. and not making it the be or and all if something doesn't go the way I want it to go. Yeah, those are some things that I've learned from what happened to me. It's, not, it's good to hear that you're kind of, you know, you're finding meaning in some of it as well. Mm. Would you... Would you have a mess? Would you have a kind of a message for anyone who was experiencing this now, and maybe didn't quite have the same clarity as you do on some some stuff? Um, just, I think something that really helped me when I'm to- talking to myself, when I'm trying to reassure myself, is saying that I'm not going to experience this forever. I know people do experience phases of depression that can last 20, 30 years, but it's not very common. Mm. Uh, anxiety as well kind of like goes up and down throughout a person's life Um, and knowing that there will be a point where you won't feel the way you feel now it's not a permanent state of being and I think with a lot of mental health issues things kind of fluctuate you're not always going to be at the peak of the worst spell and you know a lot of people with depression do feel like I read a book by Matt Haig called Mm -hmm. Reasons to Stay Alive Mm -hmm. and his symptoms really mirrored mine Um, knowing that there's going to be a point where you don't feel so bad was really important for me because a lot of people when they're at the worst which was the panic, the health anxiety, the social anxiety everything I've just described they sometimes do resort to self-harm and suicide suicide ideation Mm. all of these things which are perfectly natural I'm not going to lie to you I experienced those thoughts as well Mm. But all of the reading and all of the work and all of the self-improvement that I was doing was making me feel like, okay, like, once you get to a point where you're recovered, all of these things are going to stand you in good stead for, like, the rest of your life. So, yeah, it's a hard time, 
Um, but I think, I mean, I know Buddhist practice isn't something everyone's familiar with, but in Buddhism they teach that um, happiness is not the absence of suffering. If you suffer, then you appreciate happiness more when it does come. So, yeah, I guess patience is probably the biggest thing I could give, like, advice to anyone if they're not doing any of the other things that I just mentioned. If they're just stuck in themselves at home, mm. not able to get out of the house, not able to function, um, patience, knowing that there will be a point where you feel bad. Yeah. It's, um, I think people can feel quite lonely. I think you mentioned earlier feeling quite lonely mm. in your experiences um, before we started this podcast you mm. were saying and I think um, probably for a lot of people who listen hearing someone else say their experiences and, and, and seeing how you've um, dealt with them and reflected upon them can mm. probably maybe give give them a sense of not being quite so alone in their experiences I think that's quite important mm, so yeah. thank you so much for sharing all of this it's okay I, I didn't have these things when I first started like I, I had to search for them but some people don't have the energy or concentration there was a point where I couldn't concentrate even to the point of reading one page mm. and my concentration level was so bad I couldn't finish writing my name like my it was like my eyes and my brain were not connecting somehow and my hands couldn't write like I felt like yeah just trapped in myself so if I can help people to feel less that way I'm, I'm happy I think sharing your experience is definitely a great way to do that so okay. thank you so much okay. um, now just kind of before we we wrap up everything um, I've asked you or I'm going to ask all my guests in the future as well to uh, maybe choose a song or a few songs that I'm going to integrate into this podcast or you might have already heard integrated into the podcast halfway through that kind of represents maybe how you feel or how you felt um, and you've chosen three songs mm-hmm. um, so could you uh, I'd like to ask you to describe why you chose them maybe a little bit so the first one you chose was uh, Blackbird by the Beatles yeah so. so Blackbird I've always loved the Beatles since I was really small um, and I was at a really bad phase um, where all of the symptoms were really overwhelming but I was still trying to get out of the house and see my family so I was on the bus to see my mum and Blackbird came on, um, just part of a Beatles playlist. I hadn't intentionally put it on, and I just started to cry, like, uncontrollably on the bus. Um, I mean, I didn't feel embarrassed because I was so stuck in my head, I didn't really care what other people were thinking of me, but I just felt like the words, you were only waiting for this moment to arrive, really struck me because I know that there's a history of depression and anxiety in my family. Mm. I know I've experienced it before, so it was like somehow this point was always going to come in my life and it really um, upset me yeah, um, so that was at my worst Blackbird and uh, Mohammed Rafi with, uh, I think I'm pronouncing it right Aja Morsum yeah, yeah. yeah so I, um, I'm really into Hindi movies Hindi music hmm. and I was at home and I just finished doing some yoga and meditation and I was listening to Muhammad Rafi and the song Ajah Masam came on and then I started to google the lyrics because I don't speak Hindi I wanted to know what they meant and he's talking about how even on a day where the rain falls like really really dramatically there will be a day where the sun comes up again and that kind of made me think okay like maybe the sun will come out in my life again yeah thank you and uh, finally, we've got uh, Kenny Rogers here, just dropped in. <laughs> okay, so um, 
I was, just before all of this happened, as I did kind of briefly touch on, I was drinking a lot and doing drugs. Yeah. And these experiences made me um, feel, I mean, high. I mean, what else can I describe it as? And we were in the car in Cornwall just before the major breakdown, the major panic attack, and this song came on and I was like loving it but also in the back of my mind I kind of felt like something weird was maybe brewing because the day before the massive panic attack I felt really uncomfortable and suffocated so I felt like it was just before like a massive storm was about to hit or a massive explosion that's how I describe the breakdown I call it a breakdown because that's the only way I can articulate it myself Mm. it's almost like there was a massive explosion in my brain and it's like a war zone there, and I'm trying to pick out the pieces of me that still exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of metaphors about anxiety and depression. They're great. No, it's. Uh, I think it's really helpful to kind of get an understanding of how you feel during it. So, yeah. the more the merrier. Yeah. Well, I've got another one. Go, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, wanna, yeah, no, go for it. Um, recently, I've been reflecting on how depression feels, and especially connected to social anxiety and depersonalization. I feel like. Before all of this happened, I was on a boat with everyone in the world, just getting on with my life, doing whatever it is that normal people do. And at some point, I ended up on a smaller, really horrible boat, and that boat started to drift further and further away from everyone else. And only when I was really far away from the rest of the people on the big boat that I realised, oh, oh shit, like I'm not with everyone else. And I want to reach out to those people on the boat, but I can't. Like It's almost like I'm shouting over a vast... Um, space, like a vast ocean and they're so far away that they can hear me but I can't really feel them or experience them in the same way that I would have if I was on the same boat so yeah, cool. another metaphor No, that's great, thanks uh, fascinating, really like, really interesting to hear how you felt during the whole thing mm. so thank you very much for sharing um, and finally like, I've asked you to pick out a piece of art uh, by uh, Ted Heppenstall mm-hmm. um, who uh, has a series of pictures on his Instagram, and I kind of wanted to ask you to pick out one and, and just say why, you, why that one? Why did you like it? And kind of what it made you think about? Well, this artist um, was somebody you just recently introduced me to, and I was looking on his Instagram, and there's some really beautiful impressionist works of art, and I'm really into impressionist art. And when I'm in a good state of mind, a lot of that work really does resonate with me, and a lot of his work can be seen as quite positive from certain perspectives but there's one picture one painting that he's done of a girl sitting by herself it looks like she's in a bathhouse or maybe in a swimming pool Mm. um but the feeling of loneliness isolation um also the colors are quite muted there's just a lot of blues and grays i feel like that does reflect um symptoms of depression pretty well um if you ask me six months ago when I was going through anxiety and panic disorder I'd have probably chosen a different picture (laughs) Um, but that's what depression looks like to me and thank you for coming on to this podcast as a guest thanks for having me you're very very welcome I really appreciate uh, your time and your honesty thanks blackbird singing in the dead of night take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life You were only waiting For this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night 
take these sunken eyes and learn to see all your life you were only waiting for this moment to be free blackbird fly blackbird fly into the line of a dark black night Black night.